Welcome to the Blood, Sweat and Ears podcast. I'm Phil Bashford. And I'm Merrick De La Fuente. On today's episode, we're going to talk about mental health within the music industry. Um, oh, yeah. So just some stats that I pulled off ChatGPT as of September 2021. According to a study by Help Musician UK, 71.1 of musicians surveyed have experienced anxiety. Oh, yeah. And 68.5 experienced depression. Nice. Substance use. The music industry often faces issues related to substance abuse. And a survey conducted by Recording Academy and Music Cares found that 73% of musicians struggle with substance use. Um, a financial stress. A study conducted by Sound Diplomacy found that 50% of musicians have experienced financial struggles, uh, which can contribute to mental, mental health issues. Sleep Issues, a survey by Help Musicians UK, revealed that 68.5% of musicians suffer from sleep problems, uh, which exacerbate mental health challenges. So, that was a bit dark. Yeah, but I mean, is what it is, isn't it? It is the kind of industry we're in. Um, when you're uh, in a kind of ego-centric environment, mm. um, it, can, it can be toxic. Definitely. I think I know from certain places I've worked or been or hired, there can be, uh, you know, kind of toxic kind of environments. And I call it kind of locust theory. And we will go away from the negative onto the positive in a sec. But there seems to be a bit of a thing with maybe in uh, the session world where there's kind of locust theory. And when I say locust theory, um, I say that as in people think locusts is swarm. Uh, as a group, it's a singular effort to find food. It's not that. They're swarming because they don't want to get eaten by the locusts behind them. Yeah. And I think that translates. And there was actually a situation recently where someone I know kind of was chatting to a dr their drummer. They're talking to another drummer. And the guy got all kind of weird because he thought he was trying to nick his gig. And right. this, this is an older band. They're yeah, like yeah, yeah. Old, you know, old dudes that have been doing it for 30 years. So, and that, that, you know, can, my whole point is that that whole kind of like tender hooks kind of thing can be kind of Difficult. knackering. I'm sure when you were starting out engineering and like trying to break away from like, I know you were a uni and stuff and then you're doing bits and bobs, but it, it is that pressure of like, God, I've got to, you know, make rent and, and stuff and, and yeah, am I definitely. good enough? And there's lots of, lots of self-doubt. There's lots of elements kind of surrounding that. Um, and I think. I think also like being aware of your kind of mental health is quite a thing. I think we mask quite well. Me and you especially are quite ADHD. Yeah. For um, real. Yeah. You know, I've, I'm just going, I'm just having tests now. I, I went to the doctors and they're like, yeah, you've got through the first stage. So I'm going through Psychiatry UK and I'm going to get fully diagnosed. So I may have it. I may not. I think I probably have. Yeah. Um, I imagine so. I think a lot of Graves. on the spectrum of that definitely uh. on the spectrum and so yeah that sounds all kind of super negs and horrible but i think like managing it and being around people are similar can be quite positive so like what kind of things are you doing to kind of manage your mental health because you're you know you you ultimately work out of uh you know the same place you're on your own quite a lot. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. None I mean, of these are negatives. But no. I'm I just mean, saying, you know, what do you do 
to ensure you know you're not so there's a there's a couple of things to kind of like pass out there there's like there's the competition with others and there's also like your own sort of your own well-being and both of them kind of come down to the same point is that you kind of have to the way i do it is i try and keep myself as like healthy as possible and focus on myself and what i can do and it's a massive cliche of like oh don't compare yourself to others la 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 it's impossible to not do that but you have to like you have to keep bringing yourself back to that point and like it's an active effort to be like no i'm not i don't really care what someone else is doing awareness yeah yeah and you have to like it's like it's like the same with if if anyone's ever done sort of meditation or anything the whole point of it is you're bringing back your focus to one point it's the same kind of exercise where you just have to just bring back if you start thinking about oh what so-and-so is doing this and i'm not doing that and you kind of stress yourself out about it it's just bring yourself back to okay but what am i doing and what am i doing compared to what i was doing yesterday and just keep keep your point of comparison yourself only because that's all that matters fundamentally you know what works for you and that's all you can that's all you can control as well so there's that and also you kind of have to give yourself the best possible chance of dealing with adversity that's definitely going to come your way at some point and that's you have to try and be aware of yourself and how you you react to things, but also try and keep yourself in like the healthiest state possible, both like physically and obviously yeah. mentally, but they're massively connected. So like if you're super unhealthy and you eat shit, you never exercise, you, you def- definitely will be more miserable. Or if you're not, you're way more susceptible to becoming miserable. Just yeah. because you, everything feels shit and it's very hard to kind of, if you're not even setting yourself sort of goals and making yourself like do things that are healthy, you will, you are automatically like more exposed to like negative externalities and stuff that's going to ruin your mental health. So you really kind of have to like focus quite selfishly on your well-being. And make sure that you are as healthy as you possibly can be. And it, obviously, like people, do you know I mean, there's limits to that. You kind of, you also kind of want to make sure you still in, sort of enjoy yourself. But you, you you do need to find a balance of enjoying yourself versus like properly looking after yourself. And that can be difficult to do. But that's, I'd say, the main thing for yeah, sort of. I, I agree with that. Dealing with sort of adverse mental health. It was interesting what you were saying. Um, you know, I don't know if you've read uh, any kind of stoicism, but basically you're saying about, bit, yeah. like, you know, like I am and, and stuff. And the whole, the whole thing with kind of, you know, well, a lot of the stoicism is, uh, you know, the, the sometimes the the thing in the way is the way. Yeah. Um, and so when when you're in the face of adversity and, and you know, uh, lead, leading on to what you were saying about, you know, almost uh, being selfish, I think, I think, you have to look after you. You have to write your own script because if you don't do it, someone, someone else, else will. will write your script and it will not be in your favour. Um, yeah. So well, I was, it's not even that someone else will write your script. Your script will get written automatically by just external events. Yeah. There won't be anyone sort of coming in no, directly. I mean as if you had yeah. a manager or you know, you don't take control of that. or you're, Yeah, so someone will, just the, the universe yeah, will, yeah. I like will take control of your life unless you do it yourself. And fundamentally, you can only control what you do. 
there's very little you can do to kind of control the externalities around you. So you kind of have to just, you have to make yourself as strong as possible to cope with anything that comes your way. A lot of the external stuff within music, you know, we kind of touched on ego on the intro is a lot of that. And this is a stoic thing as well. You know, a lot of that, that kind of mind reading, as they call it, like in psychiatry um, and projection is all in your brain. You know, we think that other people are like thinking about us and have something to say about us a lot. No one gives a shit, man. Everyone's like worried about their own shit. Like no one's like passing a thought. Yeah. Really. Like as much as you it, it's worse in your brain than it is in reality. Yeah, much Always, worse. Always by by like a hundredfold. And yeah. you know, but we do that on a very we do that on a very kind of like basic level every day. You're like, oh, did I offend that person? And you know, we're always like we're uh, always uh, putting putting this kind of like judgment or like tone on situations. Yeah, or, and th- th- there's there is an element of like you don't want to be completely like oblivious to everything else. You don't want to completely shut out all external input. But, like, you want to balance it. So, like, yeah, you want to, like, be sort of retrospective of if you, did I, was I I addicted to that person or not? That can be helpful. But if your your entire frame of reference is that, is what other people think, then you're going to, you're going to have a bad time. And you kind of have to, you have to think, okay, well, how am I, how can I maximize my own physical like mental well-being without involving anyone else so that when situations come where you're it, it is a bit tricky or you have to deal with someone who's a bit of a dick or you feel like you might have been a dick in that situation you're much you're in a much stronger position to be able to deal with it yeah you, you, yeah you've got mental the resilience, resilience to to deal with it you've got to you've got to be um you can it's not going to completely ruin your day if something negative happens there was a book i read it's really interesting you were kind of just saying that because you know this does lead to a lot of like stoicism and you know i've read loads of kind of like mental health books and such but there was one i read recently called the gap and the gain and i really liked it and it does kind of lead into this stuff the kind of punchline from the book and i recommend reading it because it it's just a delight um are you living in the gap or the gain so the gap is like this is happening to me yeah oh damn this is ah why is this happening to me and then the gain is this is happening for me. Then yeah. it leads into that stoicism thing of like, well, the obstacle is the way. Yeah. So like, and anything, anything worth doing, there's going to be a modicum of stress, anxiety, continually, and a fuss. Continually. Because it's like, I, I almost see it in this kind of like, this sounds really holistic, I'll get my joysticks out. Yeah. But if anything's worth doing, like, there's going to be struggle, and that's the universe going, do you, actually want to do you this. actually want though you're just being a bitch <laughs> yeah i mean it it, it it the reason that's the case is because if 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 it was worth doing and had zero obstacles everyone would do it yeah. automatically and we'd have evolved to do that thing but that wouldn't be the thing anymore but then that wouldn't be a be thing doing it. it would be like yeah there's probably like it, there's probably lots of technical barriers to like consume something doing something as basic as consuming food but because it's essential like evolution's made it so that it's it's very easy to do there's no there's no conflict there but things that aren't like things that are worth doing to like improve your own life or your business or whatever you're doing they always have like a continual stream of really annoying like 
hills you've got to climb yeah, like and problems you've got to solve. And that will always be the case because that that weeds out people who people who that thing isn't suitable for or they're not they're they're incapable of doing it that's kind of and sort of i guess the universe's way of sort of differentiating between people's skills and people's abilities totally and and you know there totally are different types of people there's kind of like victims i know a couple of people are quite peter pan syndrome with like it's not fair and then ultimately that draws in more negativity yeah because then everything's lots of things aren't fair but then the idea of fairness is like you can get you can get a, a warped idea of fairness by kind of viewing it through only your own lens uh, and and being like oh well this things uh why is this not working for me that's not fair when it's like okay well maybe that's not maybe you shouldn't be doing that or maybe you've missed the point of yeah you've got you've got a problem that you've got to solve and, and you've missed to, the point of that i have to say you know up until my 30s i you know and stuff was tough when i was a kid and li- life is tough yeah um and i i was quite a pessimist and i think uh working in the vir- environment i was working in i worked in a theater for very many years where ultimately the main task of the day was to stop people trying to kill themselves and it was like you have a no stick constantly no you can't do that and that's quite i didn't realize until i left how kind of negative yeah days when you're preempting people doing stupid themselves. shit yeah yeah and so i walked away with quite a like you know glass half empty thing and i had to do a lot of work on that and then this kind of leads into the the kind of management of this and it's gaining a little bit of self-awareness um you know you're not your you're not your feelings that's vitally important but also as you know we we talk about this quite a lot you know you're like oh yeah i'm gonna pop to the gym doing a bounce i'm gonna do like some press-ups i'm gonna go for a walk i phone you and you're like oh yeah i'm just just out on a walk and or vice versa yeah and it's it sounds silly because you could just dodge that stuff but all those little increments of they add up they add up and you know I've got to the point now, you know, I've gone full like, full like, yeah, yoga pants and I did a, did a counseling course <laughs> and I've just done a breathwork course and yeah, I even went to Holland and did a three a day load of mushrooms, yeah. mushroom <laughs> retreat. Yeah, I did a heroic dose cause I, I wanted to, I wanted to see God. <laughs> I just wanted to yeah, question my own perception of reality. Yeah. And that, I, that's very extreme and I'm, that's definitely not for, not everyone. for everyone. Um, it's quite niche. But you're quite full on in that sense. Yeah. Like for, for me, just doing, just taking like deliberate actions is a r- really important thing. Kind of, it doesn't really matter whatever they are, as long as they're like aligned with what, what you're trying to do. It's like forward motion. You're, I'm yeah, as long as you're step. moving forward. It doesn't even have to be a big step. It can be as something as like, like something I'll do, you bring up sort of walks and stuff. If, if I'm, feeling a bit sort of scatterbrained and a bit unfocused and a bit like, well, the fuck's going on? I don't know where to start today. I'll just go for a walk. And that nine times out of 10 solves the problem. Because probably what that is, I don't know what, exactly what the mechanism is, but it's partially just the psychology of taking a deliberate action that changes the way that you perceive things. But it, I'm, I'm sure there's a physiological there action is, to yeah, it as well. Of like you, if you getting up and moving. Yeah, you're outside, you're getting vitamin D in that example. You're moving as well, which means like all your endocrine system, your whole, all your systems are they They start like kicking into gear a bit more. So, if it, it might be the case that there might be some something 
don't know, like some stuff getting like stuck in your brain that just needs to be cleared out. Yeah. Psychologically or even sort of on a biological level. And just getting up and walking gets all that stuff in motion. It kind of, you feel like you're doing stuff. It's very deliberate. Yeah. And it's the, the fact that it's deliberate. If it's, it would, I don't think it would have the same effect if someone forced you to go on a walk. Like, <laughs> it, the it, opposite it, effect. Yeah, yeah. You'd be like, you'd feel like, why? Well, you'd feel out of control of the situation. And it's about taking a deliberate action, taking control in some way, doing something to do that. If you feel yourself spiraling, in some way, just like, and everyone, does, everyone gets that, particularly like musicians, because we're all like get fucked overwhelmed, in the head. Mom. Yeah, it'll get overwhelmed, but just take a deliberate action, do something that you know objectively is good for you. Doesn't yeah. really matter what it is. It could even be as simple as go make yourself a healthy meal. Just, and just change, the, change the change the vibe. Just change the space deliberately. Yeah, and I th- I think like for me, you know, and I talked to you about this quite a lot. Yeah, I did that breathwork course, and I discovered breathwork when I was in Holland, and it kind of. It just absolutely like, it was like you with your, Merrick just bought a coffee machine because uh, uh, he had some fresh ground. And it, I'm a it, coffee guy it, now. It blew his mind. But it's like those moments where you're like, shit, I've been like, that's a fucking thing. I'm going to get involved with that. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if it's coffee because that is good for your mental health because you're like, it's the whole process of like, you'll get your machine out and you're going to grind it and you're going to sit there and you're going to take yeah. time and care for you. I, my journey with kind of like, my breath work has been really interesting because it's that I struggle with meditation, as I'm sure you do, because my brain's like, hey, Phil. Oh, this. Oh, this. And Ooh, that. that's Ooh. like, you know, your untethered brain or your monkey mind or whatever you want to call it. So I, I find breathwork really helpful because you do like kind of rounds of it. And by like the second round, like, because you're like so focused on your breath, there's not as much room for the noise. And so you, it, quietens, it quietens that down. And that works for me. Um, yeah. And that, that, that's been a, a massive game changer in its routine. And it's saying, I take time out of my day to do something positive for me, which makes me feel better. And that could be me doing that, yeah. you doing a walk, you making your coffee. Also, yeah, also the opposite applies as well. And I think this is something people forget. People kind of want to sugarcoat it all. It's like, if you don't take deliberate actions and you just kind of sit and dwell, you will definitely get worse. And you're doing it to yourself for that. Does it like, like it, there's definitely obviously like, mental health conditions that are clinical and require sort of more extensive treatment of stuff. But for the vast majority of mental health issues, it stems from some like unwillingness to take deliberate actions. And that, that's a, that's a huge part. And you see that a lot of people, I know quite a few people who just uh, get stuck in, a, in why is all this happening to me? Yeah, to me. And it's yeah. like, okay, well, yeah, but you don't have to, you can do stuff. You can make stuff happen you're, that's not happening to yeah, you. Stop you putting can, coal on the fire, man. Yeah, you could. You can take actions that can offset that, and that can be. They don't need to be. They're not difficult actions. It's just you have to do something, but you actually have to do it, and you, that's the hump you have to go over of actually forcing yourself to do the thing. Otherwise, it's very difficult to. Otherwise, the only solution is like pharmaceutical. Yeah, and that will just spiral you, and that's just. Well, that's that's just you've you given up at that point, and that for, for some like. Don't don't get me like misunderstood here. Like there's there's some things where that is like required. Like there's some clinical conditions where absolutely you need to be drugged. Sure, fine. But like that's totally different. That's not really what I'm talking about. That's an, that's after you've tried everything else. I think we're not we're not wired up with the toolboxes because you just hit on saying quite interestingly. You're like you know the, these these kind of deliberate um, moves and you know you can get in spirals. 
And I think we look at stuff, and I've noticed myself doing it at the minute. You know, I'm trying to buy a house, a lot going on. Stressed. And I have noticed myself, uh, and this is what I said to myself the other day, it's like my world's got super small because I'm focused on the things that are directly in front of me. I'm like, oh, this has happened, that has happened. Then I zoom out, and I'm like, oh, actually, that's okay. But you've got to break these down into bite-sized pieces. Really good, another book, Atomic Habits, about just like chipping away. You know, there's a really good bit in that book. There's like some guy who's a bit overweight. Like day one, he just rocks up at the gym and he doesn't even go into the gym. He just gets changed mm. in the locker room. Then he goes home next day and he does like five minutes. Then a year later, he's lost like all these stones and he's like... He's a lot healthier. It. His, his yeah. health looks better. And, and it gets... It gets like it compounds because it gets it easier and easier to do it. And like progress the first time, isn't a straight yeah. line. No, it, it, it was very much like, particularly with like physical health and mental health, it's very much, it does compound. Obviously, you get, you get to a point where you're super fit, healthy, and everything's great, and you've got all your habits in, in aligned, and then you can, you can plateau then, and that, that's a different issue. But for most people, that's just not the case. You'll start, it'll be very difficult to do the bare minimum at first. It'll be very difficult to just get yourself up and go for a walk for like a 10 minute walk that'll be a hard thing to do but then yeah. once you've done that a few times and you've got into the habit of doing that and you've realized how easy it is to do that then it becomes easier so you do it more and you might go on a longer walk and then six months down the line you keep that up you'll find that that's that's the baseline and then you're it's a lot easier then to springboard up okay cool i'm going to go to the gym i'm going to do this thing i'm going to make sure that i'm going to the gym x many times a week whatever and then it, the whole thing the whole process compounds and yeah. you'll suddenly find yourself at a point where your general mental health is a lot better your physical health is a lot better and the two are closely linked and everything's a lot easier to deal with you'll find that less bad things are happening at you because you're able to deal with small things as they come in much easy much more easily and you're not you're not getting overwhelmed by every tiny little thing that happens because you're in a state where Oh, cool. Something annoying's happened. Fine. Bang, bang, sorted. Doesn't matter. It's out of my brain now. Yeah. You're much better at coping with stuff. Yeah. Coping and your whole life gets better because of that. Because yeah. you're able to just make micro decisions much quicker with much less stress. I think with that, though, it's very hard when you're on the outside looking in of that to actually get on that horse. It's a paradigm shift. It's like challenging your thought process and your learned behaviors to go, actually, that isn't that like that. I can change that. That's that that the, the paradigm shift. That's actually the hardest fucking thing. Going yeah. for a walk's really easy, but but then on the on the other side of that, I, I'm having like a I, I'm having a habit holiday at the minute. Yeah, for two weeks, I'm super overwhelmed with everything. I normally like I gym one day on, one day off. I like get up, I have a cold shower. I'm strictly routine, like proper ADHD about it. But I'm just like fuck it. I literally haven't got the capacity. But then what I normally do is I beat myself up because I'm not doing my yeah. habits. So that then I've managed to put a negative on a positive. And, yeah. But I have the self-awareness to, yeah, hashtag like happy holiday. So, yeah, yeah. And that's fine. So it's just managing your own like madness as well. Yeah, and understanding yourself. And that comes with taking deliberate actions. Like understanding yourself comes with doing things deliberately and not... Not just not allowing yourself. I mean, not allowing yourself to have stuff happen at you and to you. Like, there's a there's a whole thing in meditation. As you say, I also struggle with meditation just because my brain's way too scattered. But like, it's the 
most people go through life in just like surfing a stream of consciousness that they have zero control over. Yeah, their monkey mind or their... It's just crack. It's just yeah. cracking on. Their dopamine receptors are just firing off. Everything's a bit mad. They feel completely out of control. They've got no sense of time passing, really. And they get overwhelmed really easily because it, they're not, haven't got the, uh, they haven't developed the sort of mental capacity to break stuff down into smaller chunks and into manageable sort of bite-sized tasks. And it's about, you say, paradigm shift into changing that to, okay, yeah, stuff. Obviously, you experience things, but that's not, that, that shouldn't be what is the only driving force to your, your mental state and your mental well being. That there should be, if you add in those deliberate actions, then much more of how you're feeling is down to your, own actions rather than just stuff coming at you and stuff happening to you and thoughts just happening at you and that's the that's the biggest paradigm shift is understanding that yeah sure you will experience stuff and you'll you'll have like horrible thoughts and you'll feel down but you're not that that isn't you that's just a thing going on and you can separate yourself from that and do and that's quite difficult to do at first. Once you've done it a few times, it becomes a lot easier. There's a really good uh, book I read on this. I actually recommended it to a bunch of people. And uh, uh, a guy actually got back to me quite recently and was like, dude, I read the first chapter of that like five times. Um, the book's called Untethered Soul. And it's basically about the untethered soul is your just your stream of consciousness. And it does this really naughty little trick where it'll be like, hey, yeah, Merrick, do that do that now and then you'll do that thing and it'll go wrong then it'll switch sides and go Merrick what when the fuck did you do that you idiot yeah. and it doesn't care it, it take, it take, it'll take whatever side it needs to just because it wants to get heard and the meditation and the breath work and the walk and all these things all these all these like positive things they're to quieten that bullshit down yeah and so you can actually just be away from your untethered soul your monkey mind because it's there, just jabbering, 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 jabbering. And if you let that stream of consciousness be in charge, it fucks everything up. It also gives you, like, like taking deliberate actions gives you the, um, it, it kind of gives you, how can I like, phrase this? Gives you, like, positive credibility to yourself as well, where, like, it kind of balances out. Yeah, some shit might be going on, but if you've, worked out or you've been for a walk or you've had a really healthy meal or something or you've just been out in the sun and that was a deliberate action you can that can that will counterbalance yeah bad things happening and you'll be like oh well that thing didn't go according to plan today but that's fine because i know that i've taken some deliberate actions that mean that i'm in a better shape than i was earlier today so it's okay. It's manageable. I can now deal with this. Like my mind is clearer, so I can deal with this, like small issue or whatever. This negative thing that's come up, and it give, it's like it's more. It's points on your scoreboard, yeah. really, like positive points on your scoreboard. Yeah, which is I, helpful. I think that stuff's massively, massively valuable, and it doesn't matter how it works or how what you find. Yeah, everyone's got different ways of like yeah. framing it for themselves. Yeah. That's how I kind of frame it to myself. Yeah, and I I journal a lot, and I have like some keystone things that are like at the core of me. And like for me, eating well and being healthy is like my keystone. 
Yeah. And then everything else, if that's, if that's fucked, pretty much everything else is fucked. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a big one. That's one that people, I think that's probably the, one of the biggest mistakes that people make is like, just like, just everyone should do some basic education for themselves on healthy eating and not like look a bit deeper than like just what's on like the NHS website because it's a bit more complicated than that. And just like try stuff, do a bit of research and find out what is the, like the healthiest options for you. Because if you can solve that, you will definitely 100% guaranteed solve at least some percentage of whatever other issue you're, you're, you're dealing with. Yeah. Because diet, like, diet is key, man. Diet is the, the fuel for your body. It's like if you put, if you put really shitty cheap petrol in your car, you're probably you're going to do damage to your engine but over diet, the time. Diet, I I see. When I think of the word diet now, because I've reframed it, my diet is also I try not to hang out with shitty people. Yeah, well, psychological it's, diet. It's, yeah. yeah, it's like McDonald's. You know, um, that's how I frame it, and that's it's so on point. And and then to like further that, you know, me me and you have been talking quite a lot about kind of supplements lately, and I got some of this kind of like. Uh, mushroom stuff has got like reishi and forceps and lion's mane in it and that's like really good it stops me like feeling kind of grotty in the afternoon and i've tried lots of different supplements um you know i'm sure we've all seen the hubberman lab stuff where he's got like certain stacks um i think you know people might think it's wishy-washy but i'm gonna put things in my body that are gonna help make me live for as long as I can, for his help the whole ecosystem. Because I, I, you know, I had a, I had a thing. Of maybe must have been five years ago now. You know, I was out with a friend, and I witnessed a car crash, and I tried to pull the guy out of the car, and he died. Yeah. And I was drinking quite a lot. And what did it? That was like obviously massively traumatic. But what did it? As I was trying to pull this dude out of his car, his phone rang, and it said "home" on the dashboard. And it crushed me. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why that triggered me. Obviously, the whole thing's massively distressing. So that is and quite, I'm not yeah, downplaying yeah, yeah. it. But from that moment, I was like, right, I can't drink anymore. I need to stop being a fat fuck. I need to get into shape. And I changed everything. Overnight. Yeah. Literally overnight. And then, you know, kind of four years later, I don't drink. I'm pretty clean. You know, my BMI is really good. I could be a little bit more in shape at the minute. Um, but generally... My there's mental... always room for improvement yeah, but it's like yeah it's, a, it's on a like there's a trajectory though well, i was at a point where i was setting myself a goal where i got my like my body fat to like down to 14 percent, which is just mental and that is not sustainable but that was uh, and i ran you know i'm not a runner and i when i was a, a little bit fair i ran a, a 20 minute 5k you know good good for me i'm like in my 40s so and you can change these things around but i, I suppose my point is like i think we're in music we all kind of get especially alcohol is so prevalent and it's legal it's still a drug Mm. and the overdose rate is one to three which is higher than any other drug apart from heroin it's funny because we have such a warped sense of alcohol because it's so like culturally relevant and like it's so embedded in basically all cultures apart apart from like arabic cultures it's just such a huge part of all societies and yeah it makes sense because it, it does make you sort of it lowers your barriers it doesn't make you more social and it's quite like the sensation of like a small amount of alcohol is a nice sensation yeah and it's like but there, there is it, it it's so bad for like for mental health 
it, it's, it's so bad for like it also it's so bad for like clouding your judgment as well like over a long period of time it's and a like, very numbing like yeah. slow burn and I there's think. a there's a huge subsection of society like particularly in the music industry i imagine it's more prevalent but just in society in general who of of people who have who drink enough that they're basically there's like three days of the week maybe where they're sober and they're not hungover or drunk because if you if you like go if you go out on a Friday and a Saturday that alcohol is still having an effect on you till like Tuesday yeah if you're if you're if you've got a good metabolism well, a hangover is instant withdrawal that's what that feeling is it's withdrawal yeah and it's it's your 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 it's your brain's dehydrated as well like it's just there is there is essentially the pros and cons of alcohol are so stacked on the cons side mm. that it's like and i'm saying this as someone who occasionally will have a drink like i'm not you don't drink at all i'll have like maybe a beer a week yeah but you never like, had a problem with it like I've never, I, lucky i've never had a problem with it i don't have that gene that makes me really yeah. fucking love it but, but i actually sorry to butt in i think um we're just talking about adhd really interestingly when i spoke to the nurse about it uh, a self-regulation thing that's known is alcohol abuse. Yeah. Because it turns the volume down. So, yeah. I don't know, but... Uh, yeah, for sure. Maybe. That 100%. Like, I think there's, there's so much to it, but it's just like your alcohol is almost guaranteed to fuck up your mental health. And that's what this whole discussion is about today, is this, is this mental health. Alcohol will basically guarantee that you'll have bad mental health, yeah. particularly if you drink. If you drink regularly, if like drinking's a thing that you do to chill out and relax, I need a socialize. Beer. You need a crutch. Yeah, and that's fine. It's just so bad. Like it's it's it's, it's weird to frame it that way because it's so like ubiquitous in society and like everyone does it. And there's so much like all like the stat social establishments are built around like drinking alcohol and stuff. And it's fine. Like do you know what I mean? Everyone can do what they want, but it's it's guaranteed to break your mental health. I agree. I I um just to just to you know we could talk about alcohol and you know substance abuse for years uh of days rather you know we both know people that aren't here anymore because of slightly harder substances. But yeah, just to kind of wrap up the the alcohol thing because it I suppose this could be a whole podcast on its own. Yeah, I remember watching kind of frat movies in you know college frat movies in the kind of mid 2000s yeah. and, you know there's always a house party right in america yeah. and the police bust in and everyone gets arrested and you're english and you're going what they're like they're like 19 19 what's, what's going on because it's a fucking drug and it's illegal out there and, until you're 21 we've, yeah we've normalized it so that that's that's the but I, I never really i never saw it as a a thing and i remember when the you know the late license happened and the government did that to try and stop like domestic violence and fights and yeah. the A&E being full up on a Friday and Saturday night. Yeah. And because we're English, we didn't go, oh, cool, yeah, we can just like, you know, chill and do what the Spanish do or the Portuguese or Italian. Yeah. Mediterraneans. Like, you know, just chill out a little bit. We just went, we can get more pissed and we can fight more. Yeah, and all the bars decided to like start doing like deals on drinks and stuff. Yeah, and then there's just like bouncers just kicking the shit out of people because they're just being awful and that's like and i i was one of those guys i was working in a theater at the time and i used to finish it around 11 and i'd like get in my car i'd drive to the 
the pub, parked my car, and I would have done a pre-call, like a little text, probably on my little Nokia, and been like, hey, bro, get me, like, two beers. Yeah. Get in, neck them. Yeah. Number three, way. And then you go. drink till 2 a.m. Yeah, and, it, and then, then your, your brain isn't working properly for the next four days. I, when, I, when I stopped drinking, I wasn't getting hangovers anymore because I would drink every night and I would do at least four But pints. what's actually happening there? Because I know a couple of people like that. We both do. And what's happening there is that you've just forgot, you are hungover, but you've just forgotten a world it's where just, you're not hungover. It's just a cloud. It's, it's just an anxiety cloud. I used you just, to call it booze doom. Yeah, you've just, you've just like, you've just got used to it's normalized. that sensation. So that feels like that's your baseline level then. And that means, and also, yeah, the, 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 when I say link about the talk about the link between that and mental health issues, it's like you do have. Whenever I do drink, like occasionally, like very rarely, I'll have like three beers in one session if I'm at a pub with someone who drinks, and they're sort of okay, fine, yeah, I'll have a couple of beers, why not? But then, almost guaranteed, my anxiety levels will be higher for the next two, three days, basically like on clockwork. And I, I'm now I'm like okay. I know that's going to happen. So then I have to counteract it. But okay, it should be all right if I if I go to the gym on this day or I do this thing or I do this other kind of mechanism. But you've got to connect. You've gone, when I do that, this happens and you've identified that. A lot of people are in denial and it doesn't. this isn't just to do with drink either. Yeah. They're like, if I do that, this happens. Oh no, it can't be that. You know, yeah. It's like people that like, smoke loads and they're like, oh yeah, my health's really... Oh, it's not the fag, you know, because I've been doing that for years or fucking well, it is, is that. It is definitely that thing is that. It's looking straight back at you. Yeah. It's a, like, obviously it's that. Obviously it's that thing, that externality that you're and adding in. That thing's probably stopping you doing that walk, taking that time, doing those uh, like, you know, you can't be fucked to cook because you're so hungover. So you just order some takeout or it yeah. just compounds negatively. So I think at this point, you know, you to- that is the other thing as well. It's like when you drink, it, it, because you're dehydrating a lot of your organs when you do that, your and your liver's working harder. Your body starts craving certain minerals. Yeah. So then you crave like super salty food, and then you end up having stuff that's like got an obscene amount of sodium in, just to like take away the kind of weird alcohol nausea that you kind of have. And you kind of get that's why you get people get battered and they'll go out for a, like a kebab. There's nothing wrong with a kebab, like per se. Fun, fundamentally, it's just like meat and stuff like that. But you'll get like a doner kebab with loads of chips, loads of salt, and you'll go for like, oh, what's the? You'll, you'll be subconsciously thinking, oh, what's the saltiest yeah, thing on the, the menu? Carby, salty thing. Yeah, well, how can I absorb all of this? And you'll have like loads of bread, loads of chips, loads of really like salty shoe leather doner, not like nice doner. You'll have like, you know, you know yeah. the one, the fucking the one that looks like like shoe sole. That stuff and you'll just eat loads of that and you'll do that twice a week every week and then you'll wonder why you have like gut issues and your yeah. cloud your brain your thoughts are cloudy hey, for like half a week i was there my my ibs my ibs i'd be like oh, was my ibs so bad because i'm fucking drinking and, and the other thing like my takeaway now post like kind of like functioning alcoholic vibes is you know when i'm laying there at night sometimes i do have some shame associated with my behavior yeah, because mm. I was just like Frank the Tank, constantly ramping it up to eleven, and yeah. there's there's now I have shame about that. Yeah, um, because I've done some pretty shit things. That's and, the correct like <laughs> the correct yeah. response. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and but then again, you know that then then feeds to the whole point of this, where 
you know, I'm basically, I was enveloping yeah. negative behavior constantly as a crutch. And then it just was self-feeding. So I think you can choose which side of the fence you want to be on. Are you, are your actions positive for growth and like forward motion or are they yeah. self-destructive and self-loathing? And you can live in that kind of negative vibe space. And yeah, if you think things are going to be shit, they will be. Yeah. Or you can change that fundamentally, get on the horse and like basically carve out your kind of universe the way you want it. And then that does sound, yeah, once again, a bit jostic-y, but I, I, I believe that. Yeah, I mean, fundamentally, there's a lot of, it's still true. It sounds like hippie as fuck, but like, you don't have to, I think the point is you don't have to live a life where everything just happens to you. There's a lot of ways that you can take tangible, immediate control and take direct, deliberate actions yeah. that will solve a lot of problems. I, and then what I that agree. also does is that that makes it clear if anything is like an actual clinical issue. Because if if you're if you're if existing in just a world of alcohol anxiety or like just general like mind fogginess, and you've also stomach feel you've got a bit of stomach issues, like your muscles ache, you, you don't know. It's impossible to tell at that point what is a clinical issue and what's just an issue of because you're treating yourself like shit. And but if you start taking deliberate actions and start looking after yourself. It, you'll cancel out all the stuff that was just the result of bad habits. Yeah. And for some people, that'll clear most of their issues. But then if not, they'll be obvious which ones like need different kind of therapies or different treatments or need like more clinical attention. So there's, it's essentially no downside. Yeah. Some of the, some of this stuff is psychosomatic. Oh, well, this happens because of that. It's like, yeah, but you, once again, stop throwing coal on the fire. I think maybe we should touch on this again. Um, yeah. Maybe like kind of like knuckle down on some actual issues of stuff. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah I, I think should. I think we can I think we can wrap it up there. I think I think that yeah, it's been really, a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's been really interesting chatting to you about it. I kind of did a lot of reading, and you're kind of saying this a lot of the stuff that I've read. Yeah, um, what, I've also done a fair yeah, amount of reading yeah. and podcasts and stuff, and I listened think, to a lot of things on it. I think what I'll do, I'll link the couple of books I mentioned in the um, in the description on this because uh, there's some good stuff out there. I'll put the email in there. It's bsepodcast at mail.com. If you've got any questions, we're going to do another Q&A soon. And it can be mental health, music, you know, thoughts, whatever mm -hmm. you like. And then finally, I guess, shameless plug, me and America have just put a one-shot pack out. Yeah, go grab a one-shot pack. Excellent. It's just some samples that we've... Uh... We've kind of collected over time some one shots. I use all of them in mixes quite often, so they're cool, they're good. Some different snare tones and stuff. So grab them. Just give us your email in return. Yeah, and we won't we won't spam you too much. We promise. Too um, much. Yeah, so go go check that out. Nice. Thanks for tuning in, guys. This has been the Blood, Sweat, and Ears podcast. I'm Phil Bashford. I'm Merrick Villafuente. Good night. <laughs>